Hello, Titan family, and welcome to Fram and Friends, a podcast with Cal State Fullerton President Fram Vergie. My name is Matt Olson, and while I serve as Fram's communication director, I know as much about podcasts as he does, which is absolutely nothing. (laughs) Thankfully, our awesome team here in Titan Radio is here to carry us, and Fram's incredible Titan friends are here to help us shine. On that note, Fram is going to take over to introduce his inaugural Fram and Friends guest. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, This is Fram, and I'm here um, with uh, my very first guest for uh, our uh, podcast, Amber. Uh, Amber, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Amber. Um, I was the previous BSU president, and I am currently the chair of the ABC committee. That It's a conference that we're going to be having on campus in January, so I'm really excited. Um, I'm also a math major and an African-American studies double major, and I'm graduating this year, so I'm really excited. So, Amber Lambert, why are you my first guest? Can you imagine why you're my first guest? Don't be nervous at all. Um, but I, the only thing I could imagine was the very first time I had met you, which was on Tuesday of fall semester last year, and I was walking out of the SRC, and I ran into this guy, did not know who this guy was at all, and he starts like, oh, this is a lovely day, and just talking to me, and I was just like, who is, why is this guy talking to me? So he's asking me questions, and I'm answering his questions again, just like, who is this guy? So then I finally asked him, I'm like, well, are you a professor? Who are you? He's like, oh, I'm the new president. I said, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I just shook. And um, prior to that, I had never met the university president. I had no idea. And so um, I actually walked by a newspaper with your face on it, did not pick it up because I was like, oh, I'll grab it later. I always grab the newspaper, but something told me not to grab it. And it made our conversation very organic. So I was glad I did it. Um, but I'm assuming that's why. No, it's, it's well. It's the reason I thought of you first. Maybe not be the reason that you're here, but I remember that day too. It was one of the um, first days I was on campus, and I was walking around as I like to do on mm-hmm. campus, as you know. And uh, uh, I saw you walking, and you had an open, friendly face. <laughs> um, and sometimes uh, those are hard to find on campus. Uh, and so, uh, I just came up and started talking. I wanted to know what you liked about this place and what you would change about it. And, uh, what I loved about our conversation is first of all, you laughed a lot, uh, which you have a tendency to do, which makes me very happy. Um, but you were also honest with me. You told me what you liked and you told me what we needed to change. And you looked me right in the eye and said, look, things are good, but they could be a lot better. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so since um, that time, uh, uh, I feel like we've become friends, yes. uh, which is really important for me. Um, you're someone who I can always talk to uh, to try and get the pulse of students, um, find out what the issues and concerns are on campus, mm-hmm. what's working and what's not. Um, I also love to see you because you always make me laugh, <laughs> uh, which is great. Um, but, you know, you're a very uh, uh, strong woman. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I always tell Julie, my wife, that, uh, it, things would be so much better if women ru- ruled the world officially because they do unofficially. Right. We all know right. that. <laughs> uh, so we may as well, um, you know, call it what it is. Uh, but I, I'm curious, Amber, I, I, you know, I would love to say that you're a strong, uh, woman of color because of everything that happened at, at Cal State Fullerton, but I bet it goes way back. So what makes, who are your role models? What makes you such a strong woman of color that's uh, interested in social justice, um, in uh, equity, 
um, but also um, in inclusion, in, in having a real inclusive environment here at Cal State Fullerton. I think that I've seen the experience that a lot of people have had in the past, um, just in general, and how the world works, and I just want that to be something that everyone experiences. It's not realistic, <laughs> unfortunately, but it's definitely something that I've always wanted to see for everyone, not just for a certain group of people, which normally how it's been throughout our history. Um, growing up, I've had tons and tons of role models, and I think I couldn't even name them all because, like I said, I'm very nervous. But I would say that coming here, seeing the people that were before me, my past presidents, you know, Berlin, Lati, my the new person that just preceded me, which is Bethany, um, they all have inspired me to be who I am and just for, specifically for this campus. Um, in the whole entire world, you know, there's just so many, you know, all kinds of people. I l literally can't think of them, and <laughs> I'm going to hate myself later. But when I see the students and when I see my community and just all these other people who are really just trying to do the best, graduate, get out there and do everything that they want to do, all their dreams, it makes me want this part to be a beautiful part for them. And I think I can be a part in making that happen. And that's why I do what I do here, because I think that the world hits you in the face often, but I don't think that your school should. I think that this should be the place that you grow and develop that person with that strong exterior that makes you be the person that can take on the world. But I don't think that the world should bog you down while you're in school. You know, that's a, a really interesting and important um, perspective. Uh, and I think it's one of the most difficult balances that we have at a university because at the same, you know, we have two competing interests or desires here. One is to make all our students feel welcome and at home and comfortable, <laughs> um, uh, liberated, uh, uh, authorized, to uh, empowered to, to say and do the things that they believe that they should do. But at the same time, we want to prepare you for the world. Right. And as you said, um, the world is not all roses, uh, and there's a, there there are, there are going to be stumbling blocks, and there are going to be people of different um, viewpoints whose minds we need to change. Mm -hmm. uh, so the hard thing is making sure that we create strong, resilient mm -hmm. people for who to graduate, mm -hmm. but who also uh, I don't want to make it too sheltered or too sure. protected. Otherwise, you won't be ready when the challenges come. So how are we doing on that? I think we could do better. I think that there is a lot of that harshness, unfortunately. Um, and I think that we should soften it a bit. There's definitely a way to tell people and help people to become those people that have that thick skin, but also do it in a way that is a transition period. You know, you go from, like, if we're talking, I'm a student that came from community college, and community college, they're kind of, they're very nice, but they that you're on your own, right? Um, but when people come from high school, they are very, you know, you get babied and everything like that. So this should be that a little bit softer than what it is now. Okay. I don't, I know what that looks like because that's who I am. I'm very, like, firm but very nice, and I try my best to be that person. But I think this school as a society should be more like that. Um, and it's just really unrealistic, unfortunately, just because of there's so many different personalities and there's so many different people you run into. And I think that not everyone has that training and just is that has that personality. So it's I think that there should be some system in place to kind of like help. Everyone should 
what else should I say? Everyone should meet someone that can be firm but also very kind. And that way they can take on those people that are on this campus that aren't necessarily that way. Um, but everyone should always have somebody that they can talk to and be that way with. Um, and then that way, when something does bad happen, they know where they can go back to. We've had many a students come back to the African-American Resource Center, also known as the ARC, to describe a professor, specifically in um, a lot of political s- criminal justice um, classes, mm. um, come back and them just, you know, crying and being upset about the way that the teacher taught them. And so that's more of like a real world, realistic thing. But they have somewhere to come back and kind of re- release those frustrations, maybe drop that class, maybe go back and tell that professor, no, this is what it is and this is what it's not. Um, but I just think that everyone should be able to have somewhere to go back to on this campus and feel comfortable. So have resources yeah. so people can, when they hear things that uh, hurt, as mm-hmm. they do, um, sometimes the truth hurts too. Yeah, um, you know, we have we have a um, it's our history. It's not it's not uh, just uh, um, uh, one group's history. It's our whole entire country's history. And so we have a history that we have to face, mm-hmm. and that we want to teach, so that we make sure that we don't repeat those mistakes. Right. Um, but we also have to make sure that uh, people that don't even know that they are um, causing hurt. Yeah. know that yeah. so they can change that. So I love that idea of having the resources available. But look, you know, you are, uh, you, know, you know, I think you're a very special person. Yes. Uh, well, that's why you're here. Right? <laughs> um, you know, as I said, a, a strong woman, a strong woman of color, uh, but someone who has a very positive outlook, mm-hmm. but also does exactly what you just did, which is what I love, which is speak truth. Yeah. Right. Uh, not, uh, you, you can, you can do that to me and I feel, um, blessed by it rather than ever by, by, um, confronted or accused by it. And that's a wonderful, wonderful ability. Where do you think that comes from? Um, I think it definitely comes from my parents. My parents were the opposite. They were very harsh and not in the sense of, you know, we're going to be mean to you. It's literally like we're trying to prepare you. So they did it in a way that was really stern and there was no, it didn't feel like there was love behind it. Now my parents, they love me and I love them and everything's fine. But they were in those moments where me or my, specifically my little brother, um, growing up being, you know, a black man and knowing that that's what he's, he can't bring knives to school. He'd bring his pocket knife, not thinking anything of it. And it's like, you can't do stuff like that. Um, and my parents were very mean to him, but about it for his safety. And because of that, I thought I always put myself in other people's shoes. How would I want to hear this message? How would I like to hear it? And I think about that being I'm very, very sensitive, very sensitive. (laughs) Everything bothers me. And I feel like, okay, how would I want to hear this? How would I receive what would be the best way for me to receive it? I've learned that that's not always works for everybody. Some people want it blunt. Some people don't want to be babied and coddled about it. But for the most part, that's the way I try to approach things. Um, And then I just take it case by case, obviously, trying to know the people, my audience and who I'm talking to. And definitely as, you know, age gets into it, I feel like, for example, with you, I would can be a little bit more blunt. But, you know, where I'm coming from, where it is coming from Mm -hmm. a place of love. It's not coming from a place of, you know, I'm trying to be mean, but I'm like, this is what the people want. And this is what we should be giving them. So that's how we make change. Yeah, That's how we make change. So that's where it comes from. (laughs) So what we haven't, you mentioned it, uh, but, uh, you know, you're also a math major, which, yes. which boggles <laughs> my mind. Uh, you know, I tell people that uh, when I first came uh, to Cal State Fullerton, 
Um, I watched there were there were a couple of groups of people that I watched uh, the athletes. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm an old former broken down athlete. I, I loved uh, <laughs> athletics yeah. in college, and uh, I see these um, men and women in college doing what they love. Yeah. And then I, uh, I, you go over to uh, the College of Performing Arts and you have yes. people who are, they are um, uh, trombone majors yes. or piano majors or they are in musical theater yes. or uh, one of our choral groups. And so they are studying what they love. Yeah. And I've thought how lucky and blessed they are. And then it never occurred to me <laughs> <laughs> that someone could love <laughs> science but even more, math. <laughs> but I remember when we first talked about this and you told me you were a math major, yeah. I said, what? <laughs> Everyone How, does. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and, and what did you say? You said, I love math. I love math. Yes, I do. So that's amazing. Not It's amazing that you love math, but it's amazing <laughs> that you get to study it. Yeah. So now put yourself in the shoes of a, let's say, a, a 10 or 11-year-old uh, young lady that's in elementary school, that loves math, uh, but she's wondering and worried, um, maybe this isn't for her. Um, you know, there's a stereotype for women, mm-hmm. for people of color, right. that uh, you shouldn't be a math major, you shouldn't be good at this. And obviously, that's all it is, because yeah. you're great at it, yeah. and there's lots of good uh, women uh, that are great at it, lots of people of color. But what would you say to that young girl to encourage her to follow her dream or follow her passion? Wow. Um, to me, specifically, it's crazy because I would have never thought of math as an option. I have parents who, my mom's a teacher, my dad was a real estate agent, and they were very doctor lawyer. That's that's when you when you're in high school. That's all you think. Those are the only options you think. You don't even think about teacher, which you've seen your entire life. <laughs> it doesn't even think to be an option, right? And I would literally save my math homework until the end because it relaxed me at the end of my day of like reading and writing, which I was not a fan of. Um, and so for me. It wasn't even a thought in my mind to ever do anything with math, even though I've loved it since I was in elementary school. And and I, w- I was always advanced. I took it one summer just because I was like, let me take geometry just to get ahead. Not knowing that geometry in itself was already ahead. I didn't. And I was like, let me take it the first before I even went into high school. Um, and what I would just tell them was like I, my biggest thing would probably be to try to challenge them. I used to do Sudoku for fun. That was that was my thing. And I think that. I would just give them more activities to challenge them. And then once they got into, you know, finishing up high school, I'm like, this is what you should do. You know what I mean? These are some things. These are some options for you, which is ultimately what I want to do in my life. I ultimately want to be a teacher and I want to do something prior to becoming a teacher so I can show students because everyone's first question when they get into a math class and it starts to get rough. What am I going to do with this? Like, why, why, when am I ever going to use this? I want to be able to have answers for that question because it, ne- it never, because it was easy for me, I never asked that. I was like, oh, this is just fun for me. Mm-hmm. But for other people, I want to be able to answer that question because our teacher never really did. Our teacher was just like, you're just going to need it. When you're in the store and you're buying something, it's like, dude, I'll have a phone. I'll use my calculator. Like, that's everyone's like, no, we're not, this, that's not even a realistic option, you know? And so for me, it would definitely be like, you can go to technology. You can work with engineers. You could work with imagineers, which is ultimately, which is what I want to do. And so just different things like that. You, there, you can work with flight, well, you can work with planes and just, you know, aerospace. There's so many other things that can be done with math if you just take it, you know? And so I think that's what I would do is just to, 
continue to foster that in them when they're younger and then be able to be that person to tell them these are the things you can do and this is what you should do. Because it took me until I was almost done with community college getting my degree in psychology from political science. But then I wanted to be a lawyer. And then I was like, I don't want to defend killers because I will throw the case and be a terrible lawyer. So <laughs> I was like, I'll be a psychologist. Then I listened to one story about a little girl who had like just terrible parents. And I've experienced like parents on drugs and stuff. And I just can't handle that because I'll just cry and I'm not helping anybody. So then um, one of my teachers was like, you're really good at math. Why don't you just major in math? I was like, because who majors in math? <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, I think you. And I was like, yeah. okay. So that's how I got here. So I would definitely. A lot of really smart people major yeah. in math. <laughs> right. And so that's how I got here. So that's definitely what I would tell them is just from the beginning, you can do this. And my career probably would have been a lot shorter in college, but I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you took a while so, you, so I could find you. Yeah. yeah. When did you pick up the minor? Um, the minor I didn't pick up until I took a couple AFAM classes. Um, and then it, it became a minor, and then it became a double major uh, just last summer. But I think after being on BSU and learning more and more and being in that AFAM class, I was like, oh, this is something that I can do. And because, this is the thing I say, because math classes are consecutive, it's like, okay, I'm just going to take these these couple classes and I have to wait to take the next class. And either Anyway, it's not like other majors where you can just take all these classes. So I was like, I might as well pick up something. Most people who are in um, math majors, they do. They pick up something else. And so that was my my thing. And I just, when it comes to AFAM, I think it's extremely important. All the cultural ethnic studies are very, very important. And I wish everyone could take a class. You know, I wish I could take Asian studies. I like want to take a class. And if it went to something, I would. Because just to learn about other people's cultures and what they're going through and their struggles, there are so many things. Even for in my AFAM class, I took AFAM 101 and everyone's like, what's something? What's your definition of struggle? And this one guy was like, you know, going to the airport. Never in a million years could I imagine. No one confuses most black people for being, you know, immigrants or illegal because we've been here. And to hear that was just like, I never even thought thought of that. And working in Dirk, for example, and hearing about the Dreamers, and I was like, don't let them do that to you. What are you doing? Like, why are you letting them treat you this way? Because if I say something, what if they look into me and find out about me? And I, it literally, I'm getting chills again right now because it's like I never thought of that. I never had an issue speaking up. It was never like, oh, I can't speak up because I have, I'm worried about, no. It's like, don't let anybody do anything to you. And I was like, oh, they can't because something might happen to them or their parents. And it literally, like, I mean, I was like, okay. And it became like, I have to stand up for everyone. Now I'm just, oh, they, nope, you're not going to do that. You know, I'm the, I stand up for everybody. But these different struggles that people have, it was just so amazing to me and to be able to learn about it. And that's something that I also have a really big passion in as well. And so to be able to do both of them at the same time to me is just amazing. I'm having a great time. <laughs> so if you if you close your eyes and think about 10 years from now, who are you and what are you doing? Wow. Um, I'm driving a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> with like three kids. No, I love kids. So um, I would probably be working something aerospace. I don't know. And the biggest thing for me, side note, I work at Disneyland. And with working at Disneyland, you do different things every day. You're not at the same position at the same spot doing something. Because I notice I only last about a year at a place, and then I have to leave because I just get sick and tired of it. Boy. Disneyland, right. And But Disneyland is the one place that I'm constantly changing. We have, like, special events where we have to go work a chalk walk or work uh, giving out candy inside the park, which is, and I work outside the park. So for me, that's amazing, you know? And 
to be able to do something different every day is what I'm really, whatever job I have, that's something that I have to be able to do. So I would be doing something where every day is different. Every day is like, nope, we're scrapping that whole idea and we're doing something new. That's where I'm at in life and probably a big house mm. and a big bed. I love sleep. So <laughs> so how will the world be different in 10 years? How, how And how will you make sure that that happens? The world, mm-hmm. I think... My biggest thing when it comes to the world is that we definitely have another president of the United States and we would be in a place where people would feel open to having more discussions and conversations without violence having to be somehow involved. And we definitely have ethnic studies in middle school at the very least. We'd already have had it in high school, so we have it in middle school now. And... For me, it's just definitely continuing to try to be a part of politics and trying to continue to involve myself when it comes to these policies that we want to see being done. Um, So whatever that looks like, whatever avenue that is, lobbying, whatever I have to do to keep these keep making policies that help everyone, not just specific groups, Um, because at the end of the day, everyone thinks it's one specific group and it's mainly just rich people. That's what most policies help, yeah. if you really think about it. It's not any color or anything. It's literally just who has the most money. and So to, economic power is, is king. Yep. That's what it is. In my opinion, that's what it is. It has mm. nothing to do with anything else. And so for me, it would just be to continue to fight against that and fight for little people as much as possible, and but continue to try to do what I love on the side. Which, But I also love making sure that everyone's taken care of. So I would hope that that would be what the world would look like in 10 years. So I would, I would encourage you um, to put that in your mind somewhere and go back to it regularly. Yeah. Don't wait 10 years to go back to it. <laughs> right. Um, because one of my goals for our graduates when they leave here is that they are prepared to be strong and vibrant and engaged citizens of our community who make change. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be around to, uh, to, to see the change that's been made, that's being made. I, I, you know, but I have confidence that you and your classmates will change our community and our state and the world. But the only way that you'll do that is if you keep those goals and ideas in mind. And so Say to yourself, you know, choose choose a day of the year. Maybe you choose, I mean, I choose uh, Lincoln's birthday because he is my hero. So on Lincoln's birthday, I often say to myself, okay, what did I do last year to make the world a better place? And what am I going to do this year? So choose choose any day of the year, your birthday, any day, and ask yourself that question. Where am I going this year so that when I talk to myself again next year, things are yeah. better? Because uh, that's how we make change. We make it together individually. It starts individually. We make it together. Yeah. That's really good advice. I'm gonna use that. It'll probably be my birthday. Good. I think a, about everybody on my birthday. That's a great day. It's I a like gr- your birthday is a great day. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, what makes you happy? Honestly, learning. I love learning. Um, my friends, my family, everybody that I love. You. You make yeah. me happy. Um, and being able to do stuff like this, being able to like talk and being given. Um, a platform to have a conversation is something that I really love as well. So 
I love everything. And, you know. It sun. shows. And the color pink. <laughs> and the light blue. <laughs> like light blue. I literally could go on. I'm going to stop <laughs> laughing. I like laughing. <laughs> uh, well, this, these are the reasons that I love being around you because you laugh, you smile, you tell the truth. But um, one minute you're telling me off and the next minute we're hugging each other and I love that it's gotta be like that I can it's see me, you walking on campus um, uh, you know a hundred yards away and you haven't seen me yet and you're dancing <laughs> right and it happens all the time yeah. so I love yeah. that I love that I, it's infectious it's important that you know so. that you have that effect on people it's so. important and I think that when you get the truth from a vessel like that it makes it mean more than if you were to get it from someone that's always stern or always laughing you know, you have to have those moments where you are serious. And for me, last year, it was, you know, every for that one hour from four to five on Mondays when I was doing my PSU meeting and I was like, OK, I'm president and I have to sit. And then, you know, after that, it's like, OK. And so this year it's on Thursdays uh, when I do my ABC meetings. But every other time I try to be as like happy as possible. But, yeah. So. I know you, you talked about your folks, um, and I asked you this question, and you sort of talked around it, but I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. So someone that you don't know, mm-hmm. uh, may, it could be a historical figure, um, who, who is your, who is your um, uh, guiding star or your who would you like to be with? Who would you like to say, um, you know, I'm modeling myself after that person or that uh, they are my role model? Who is it? That's a good question. And I didn't tiptoe around it because I didn't want to answer it because okay. I'm blanking. Yeah. Um, but I would have to say probably old but a goodie would be Harriet Tubman. Mm. Love that. Love her. Um, wish I would have gotten. There are just so many people and to be able to meet them and talk to them or even have like one conversation with them would be amazing. Um, she would definitely be one of them. And whoever, and I don't know it because I think I'm going to look it up after this, whoever was the first female engineer, mm-hmm. like I think first black female engineer, I would love to just have a conversation there with you her. Go. Love yeah. her. Um, and even like Hidden Figures, when I told people that I want to work with airplanes, everyone at the time was like, Hidden Figures, Hidden Figures. And I'm like, yes, all of them. Every single one of them. I actually watched, so someone for my birthday, because I never watched a movie, never went and saw it. Um, so, someone got me the movie, my best friend, Deborah, one of my really good friends. And um, she got me the movie for my birthday, and I was just ecstatic. I cried a little bit, and I watched it. Um, and so just to see them and like see... Obviously, they were hidden figures, but to see like that humanizing of them as well and what they were doing on the outs and what they were doing when they weren't in NASA doing what they need to do was awesome. And then also reading the real story about it. And she was like, I wasn't running back and forth to use a restroom like that was completely Hollywood (laughs) was like, okay, so they like she was like, I had a restroom in my office. Like, I don't know. And so to see that kind of stuff was just amazing, too. And so I have a doll of Katherine Johnson. She's in my room. And that's the name I was could not. I just realized it. Yeah. Um, and so she stays in her box. And I think like that's probably going to be one of the first things I would give my daughter if I have one so that she has someone to look up to as well. So in the bo- it doesn't go out the box, though. I don't know if she wants to play with it, but she's not. <laughs> it's not happening. Can you wrap your head around the fact that you are that person for... For other people here on this campus? Absolutely not. I don't believe you. I don't. <laughs> um, I try my best to be that person. Um, never would I think that I am that person. Um, but it's nice to hear it. But I still feel like there's so much work to do. And it because, like I just said, it humanizes them. I humanize myself. When you're 
a person of influence, you really just, you know, I'm just, I'm a normal person. I just go through one shoe at a time, one leg at a time. I don't know, you know, it does not ever dawn on me that that's who I am to other people. I could never imagine until someone tells me. And I've been told that. And I'm like, what? Stop. Don't. (laughs) Pause. Go talk to somebody else. There are other people that you should be, you know, basing your whole life off of. But uh, to hear that, it's, it's always very flattering, but it's also like... I it's so much more pressure to be successful to be that person and I remember the very first time I was told that I was going to do great things was in eighth grade it was my computer science teacher it was I don't know if it, it was not computer science because that's a college thing but it was a computer class I loved my computer class I love anything technology and I'm missing one of my classes right now, my computer class mm-hmm. which I love med lab but um <laughs> the math people will get that no one else is gonna get that <laughs> but um he told me that and I just remember being like if I don't graduate college he's gonna know and he's gonna come back and be like I I told you you were gonna do great things and it just made me so unbelievably nervous to a point where I never forgot it you know I'm sitting here now far removed from eighth grade thinking oh my god like I'm gonna let him down so um I it's a lot of pressure and it makes it feel like I'm just but I'm still normal I'm still just a normal person so like don't and so I could never I could never be famous or anything like I want no part in that I was like if this is a little bit of it I want nothing to do with it so yeah it's crazy but it's it's nice and it has its pros and cons so you have a uh, another skill that you probably don't know that you're aware of and that is you're a great uh opener of doors to community you are a great access point um did not know that. For me, uh, uh, you were the first African-American student that I got to know right off the bat. Oh, wow. Right? And you introduced me to the community. I did. Um, and, uh, and I felt blessed by that, and I still do. And I, and uh, a very important community on our campus, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I love um, the familiarity that I think I, that I have with yeah. it. But that's thanks to you. You opened that door for me, and you can do that for a lot of people that one thing to understand is that door swings both ways. And so you can bring community, your community, the African-American community into other communities in the same way that you brought me into them to -hmm. see them, to get to know them. You can bring them to see and meet others. And that is what will change the world. Having people who can be those uh, openers of doors both ways will change the world. Yeah, you, 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 you're comfortable, you're confident, uh, uh, as you should be, um, in, uh, in playing that role. Yeah. So I encourage you, uh, in your life as you go forward, uh, to use that skill in the world. Um, whether it's working in an aerospace company and, uh, sharing that, within the company or in a classroom with students, uh, opening the doors for them to see each other and get to know each other or in your, uh, uh, what will be a lifelong passion for you for social justice and for equity and equality. Those are places where that skill, that skill is probably one of the best skills you could have. It, 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 uh, is paramount to, uh, many other abilities. So use it. God Thank gave you. that to you. Thank you so much. I have three jobs, but I'll take on a fourth. <laughs> I'll take. <laughs> yeah. No, all jokes aside, but I definitely feel like being that person. It just it was natural, like you said. You know, it was a God given gift, and I appreciate it. But you know, with gifts and with 
anything comes, comes responsibility. responsibility and you mm-hmm. have to be able to be responsible in doing the right things. And it is, it's, it's a lot, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amber, I really want to thank you for being here. I know you are, did you say you were missing some? I did. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. You gave me more time in advance. And so I emailed my professors and I was okay. like, Hey, I'm missing the last 30 minutes of your class and the first 30 minutes of your class. And they were like, Oh, this is an amazing opportunity. Go do it. Good. Don't Good. run. And I was like, okay. So they were really, really good about it. But we just last class got first introduced into MATLAB and so now it was like more in depth and I was like yeah <laughs> I'll have the whole rest of the semester but I'm excited <laughs> we don't want you to miss any more class <laughs> this has been an amazing inaugural uh, voice to have on Fram and Friends absolutely yeah. thank you thank I you for having me I love you, you so for much. doing it thank you so much love you too okay <laughs> thank you thank you for listening to Fram and Friends a collaboration between Titan Radio and Cal State Fullerton For more episodes like the one you just heard, visit titanradio.org.